What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And there might be ham inside my hamstrings. Woo! We're here with episode 143. We're going to be talking about, hey, are we getting too much Life is Strange with our special guest, Adnan Riaz? But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, oh, we do. Hmm. What'd you think? What do I think of what? Uh, the, the ham theory. I think there might be ham inside the hamstrings. I don't think so. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. It's not how it works. I, are you sure? Yes. Liz, how you doing? Oof. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, you're just sitting in traffic, weren't you? I was sitting while well, I was working, and mm-hmm. I ran to go pick up our car, yeah. and then I drove home and sat in traffic most of the time, and yeah. I ran in, did my makeup, and now I'm here. So yeah. I'm a little hoof. Yeah, you're, it, uh, the tables have turned this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're here. We're doing the show. We've got Adnan on the show, who uh, is uh, the the host. I am the co-host of the uh, new Strange Cast. So we're going to be talking about Life is Strange and uh, True mm-hmm. Colors. And is it too much? But you know, let's just get the show started. Why don't we? Okay. Cool. So we're going to get started. But before we get started, we just want to remind everybody that we're on the social media pages. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word, where you can see uh, some behind the scenes photos sometimes and some memes here and there sometimes. And some questions I'll ask you about the particular show that we're doing right now wow i will ask you a question on twitter instagram and even facebook and you can get in on a discussion by uh saying what your thoughts are on the discussion point uh you can also find us on discord join our discord hooray it's a fun time uh it, you know it's got some great people on it like me and liz but also andrew orsi uh you got two for you got volt supreme you got nikki it, it's a it's a blast you got mike fury it, it's a good time you got uh, there's a there's a lot of people in there Come join us. It's a, it's a good time. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for joining us. Thanks for choosing us. You know, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to know when all these podcasts come out? Uh, that's that's great. That's super of you. Uh, you know, click that subscribe button and the notification bell so you know when all these episodes come out. And if, you, uh, if you're so inclined to, give us a review on your favorite podcast choice. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's just, well, let's just let's just go into it. Let's just go into it with our se- first segment. First segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, or even HBO Max. And we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, this week's movie can be found. Uh, it's a Hulu, Hulu original. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. It's a little bit about video games. Sure. Why not? Not yeah. really. Uh, but yeah, it, you, you can find it on Hulu. It stars Frank Grillo as well as Mel Gibson, as well as surprisingly a good amount of uh star, you know, star casting. Yeah, can the recognizable faces? They're not like yes. huge names, but they're recognizable. It's just like, oh wow, they made it in this film. Yeah. Uh, this film, of course, we're talking about is called Boss Level. Hooray! Boss Level is a Hulu original. Uh, let's just go into it with what we thought of it. We got a five point scale here on games of groceries. of how to rate movies. It, we started a vertical cost. Yeah. Pass enjoyable, solid and perfect for us. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and talk about our ratings for it and talk about why we gave it that, uh, Liz, why don't you start? Um, so I give it an enjoyable. Okay. Because I actually liked it more than I thought I would. 
Um, I had given Adam a couple options of what to watch, and he chose this, and I was like, I wasn't sure. Like, it wasn't the one I wanted him to pick. Yeah. Um, but I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. It definitely, to me, had, like, Deadpool vibes. Yeah, I, can, I agree with that. Um, so it did have that. The reason I got I gave it an enjoyable instead of, like, a solid or a perfect is because it is kind of cheap. Like, it looks like mm-hmm. they spent all their money on their cast yeah. and didn't leave much room in the budget for their special effects. I agree. Um, so their special effects are, are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, just on the edge of bad. Um, but, yeah. so But I really enjoyed the story. I liked it. Um Mm-hmm. I didn't like that we didn't like we got closure at the ending, but then we also didn't. I was like, yeah, could we just ended it? Like, I don't know. It bothered me a little bit, but yeah. So overall, I enjoyed it. I liked it more than I thought I would, but um, it just wasn't amazing. Yeah, I gave it eh, pass. Yeah, I, I you know it. If you do watch it, it's enjoyable. If mm-hmm. you do decide to put this on. It's fun time. Yeah. But in the long run, if you're browsing through Hulu and you see this movie, like, should I watch this? Eh, pass. And, uh, and I'm going to go right into it right now with uh, with my notes here. Uh, I The reason why I'm giving it a pass uh, is because, one, the setup for it doesn't really give you much motivation to really care mm-hmm. about the protagonist. It just kind of starts. And Frank Grillo you're is just, just like, like, wait, why is all this happening? Why is this all this happening? Who are you? Why should I care? Yeah, there's, there's exactly. not much. There's not much setup about the actual character until like the movie. Uh, you know, going into the second act, then yeah. we start to really understand like, oh, this is why I should care. But really, a good introduction to the film should make me attach to the main character. Like, I'm rooting for this person. Maybe I'm not rooting for this person. But the first, the first act is just kind of yeah. Uh, okay. They, they chose a different thing to catch your attention into the movie, and it just, for us, it didn't work. Yeah, and we're, within the first act, I, I just felt like I'm just here along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Not really sure why I should care about these characters, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, now, this is kind of a subpar action flick that has, um, it, it, it tries a little bit too hard to be hardcore, if that makes sense. Um, a little. Y- you know, yeah. it's just like, um, a bad boy with, uh, you know, older bad boy. Yeah. You know, a bad, a uh, bad dude, bad dude, um, bad guy. Bad guy. Well, he's not really a bad guy. He's just a bad dude. You know, with muscles and pecs. He, uh, I gotcha. And yeah. um, rough. He, he rough and tough, and he drinks uh, two bottles of whiskey at once, and yeah. uh, he's a hitman. So it, it tries a little bit too hard to be that. Uh, it does crack a few jokes at middle aged gamers. Uh, in the in the middle acts. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I don't know, how old are you? But then, you know, I'm going to get into my final note, but, you know, it, it tries a little too hard to be an action movie, you know? Yeah, I can see where you got that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, like, within the first act, it's like, oh, we're, we're an action film. Why why should I care? Oh, yeah. because we're action. Okay. It's like immediate action. You're like, okay, but why? Well, why? Uh, and I would say my final note for that is that this is an action film. Now, in the end, right? In the final act, it's an action film that also tries to end with a moral compass lesson yeah. about, uh, you know, valuing your time and valuing family and all yeah. that. It gets really soft in the end, 
and it just really comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it was abrupt, and at the same time, it's I, at the same time I still struggled to figure out what exactly they were trying to say. I knew what they were trying to say. I don't want to say because spoilers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it just tries to end itself with like, a, a, oh, we're the moral compass here. Here's what we're trying to say to you. And I'm like, I get, I get where you're coming from, but why? It, like, why do I care? <laughs> to me, it kind of felt like. They had done like all this action, da, 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 and then they forgot that they needed a reason for yeah. all this. And mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, because this guy's doing this, yeah, for this reason. That's why." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't say anything really annoyed me about this film. Yeah, nothing really annoyed me. No, nothing really bothered me. It was just kind of, why am I watching this? Yeah, you know, it did have some good funny moments though. Oh yeah, it definitely has. Its, which is why I say like, if you do put on this movie. You'll probably end up having a good time. It's yeah. it's not it's not a complete waste of time. It's only an hour and a half, uh, and it's a it's a it's got some good action scenes, good funny moments. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know, really, you don't really need to go out and see this. It's kind yeah. of just or you know, put on Hulu and see it. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to go out of your way to get Hulu just to watch this. Yeah. So uh, my my view of it pass yeah uh but you gave it enjoyable yeah yeah you enjoyed it yeah i did you you, you had a good time Mm -hmm. so uh but those are our brief thoughts you can go for it you can watch for yourself maybe you put your thoughts in the comments down below did you see boss level uh it's a hulu exclude not exclude not just exclusive but a hulu original Mm -hmm. uh what did you think about the movie do you think it was well put do you think the um, ending was uh not abrupt i guess you could say but write all your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, again, it's boss level. It's a Hulu original. Check it out for yourself if you want to. And I gave it pass. So mm-hmm. do with it as you will. But it's time to go on to another piece of segments. Really? Yeah. What do you think about that? Okay. Yeah, let's just go into it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of, hey, what's happening in the gaming industry? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There's something happening. What's happening? Uh, I didn't. I purposely, I don't think I told you about the the first piece of gaming news that I have. I don't even. Yeah. I might know one of them. I don't think I know. Yeah, you know two of them, but I purposefully did not tell you about this because I'm very excited for it. I'm mm. so excited for it. And I'm going to tell you about it. I love how you're covering your notes like I can read your handwriting yeah, don't, don't. from the side. Yeah, don't do not do that. Um, so this first piece of gaming news, it's number three. So let's go into it with the number three gaming news. And it's about Ghost of Tsushima. It's, about, it's about Ghost of Tsushima. Guess what? What? Guess what? What? Guess what? What? According to Deadline, PlayStation Film Network, the PlayStation, it's becoming a movie. It's becoming a movie. PlayStation Productions is making Ghost of Tsushima into a movie. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, well, video game movies. You might be throwing up in your mouth as we speak. But give it a chance. Here's why you should give it a chance. Um, So let me pull up this quote real quick. No, 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 no. Before I read this quote. Before I read this quote. So here's the exciting news. So, yeah, I know. Uh, video game movies can be a little bit dense. I get it. I get it. But guess what? Guess who's directing it? Who? Uh, Ch- okay, let me figure out how to say his name right. Chad Stileski. You know who he is? No. The John Wick director. Oh, okay. John Wick director is coming on for Ghost of Tsushima movie 
And the people who made the game Sucker Punch are going to be executive producers. Okay. And PlayStation Productions is also going to be, you know, part of the production. Mm. And Sony is murdering it with the movie scene. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, you might be thinking to yourself also, well, the Uncharted movie doesn't sound that great. Oh, but, 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 but Tom Holland isn't too confident with his role. By the way, Tom Holland came out and said like, oh, I wasn't sure how to play Nathan Drake. So I kind of regret that. Yeah, but he's still a pretty good actor. But here's also the thing. The Uncharted film has been in kind of uh, development hell, if you will. So yeah, true. give that a chance. But. You know, th that's the thing is that they've been killing it. Spider-Verse. I'm just putting that mm -hmm. out there. But yeah, I want to read this quote for you here from the article that's linked down below. It's from Deadline. Uh, and this is uh, a quote, right, from uh, Assad. I'm not going to say that last name because I'm not even going to try. Uh, head of PlayStation Productions who says, we're excited to be partnering with Chad and 8711 Entertainment to bring their vision of Jin's story to the big screen. We love working with creative, par uh, creative partners like Chad who have a passion for our games, ensuring that we can create rich adaptations that will excite our fans and new audiences. Woohoo! And I like that one quote right there that's saying that Chad is a... Huge fan of their games. Yeah. Chad is a huge fan of Ghost of Tsushima. That's great. Sucker Punch is, uh, you know, being executive producers yeah. of this. And Ghost of Tsushima is the fastest selling PS4 IP of the PlayStation 4. Yeah. So uh, it's widely successful. A lot of players have already beaten it if they have played it. Mm -hmm. So they, they already are invested into it. Yeah. I think this is going to be a great movie. Mm -hmm. I'm hyped. I don't care if I'm too hyped. I don't care. I really don't care. Really don't. I, Maybe I'm, it'll be the first movie we see in theaters. Uh, it's going to be a far away way. It's going to be like three years away. It at still least. could be. But yeah, so I'm excited for this. Are you excited for it? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, but I thought we'd start off with that one because it's not really video game news. It's more movie yeah. news. But Is that the one you were hiding from me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm very excited. I thought it was something that was exciting for me. Ghost of Tsushima movie. <laughs> uh, very, very excited. But let's move on to other pieces of news. Okay. Oh, Pikmin. Loves. Pikmin. Do you know what Pikmin is, babe? I know the word. Look, look behind you. It's Pikmin. He's a little Pikmin. Weird. You never played Pikmin, have you? No. Uh, Pikmin was originally on the GameCube. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we've been waiting for Pikmin 4 uh, for I don't know how many years, right? And uh, we finally got a new Pikmin game. Hooray! Cool. It's mobile. Oh. Yeah, that's what everybody said. But here's some exciting news, though, is that uh, Niantic, who actually made Pokemon Go, mm -hmm. is now partners with Nintendo. Hmm. They're now partnering with Nintendo, and they're actually making a Pikmin mobile game. So kind of in the same light as Pokemon Go, but with Pikmin. And if you don't know what Pikmin is, Pikmin was a... Uh, Again, first on the GameCube, and you're 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 uh, Captain Olimar, and you're going into this weird planet. You get these little Pikmin creatures, and they follow you along, and you have to kind of power your ship with different items, like a like a life size battery, and you have to fight off creatures in it. It's kind of like a miniature little bit of a world, mm -hmm. and it's got these little Pikmin in it. Mm -hmm. Some of them are more resistant to fire. Some of them can breathe underwater. You know, they got little uh, little bit of doodads. Uh, but yeah, so Niantic is making this, and I want to read this quote from the article that's linked down below. 
Niantic's AR technology, this is uh, from Shigeru Miyamoto, by the way, uh, who is, you know, creator of, I don't know, uh, little games like Mario. <laughs> but Niantic's AR technology has made it possible for us to experience the world as if Pikmin are secretly living all around us. Ooh. Uh, Based on the theme of making walking fun, our mission is to provide people with new experiences that's different from traditional games. We hope that the Pikmin and this app uh, will become a partner in your life. So it sounds like here that Niantic is now an official long-term partner of Nintendo, which is great. Mm -hmm. That means uh, more Nintendo IPs will be coming to your phone. You know, That'd be cool. Like an AR like kind of yeah. game. So a lot like Pokemon Go, which was widely successful. I don't think that Pikmin Go will be as widely successful. No, because it's not as popular a brand as Pokemon. Exactly. When when you heard Pokemon Go, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. You're getting into Pokemon. Exactly. Everybody kind of knows what it is. But you have never played Pikmin. You're not really yeah. sure what it is. Yeah. So it sounds like something you would be too interested in. It's not something that I would be like, oh my gosh, I want to check this out. Yeah. Not that I was like that with Pokemon Go either, but yeah, I at least knew what it was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're just familiar with the idea, but yeah, not a lot of people are familiar with Pikmin. No. I hope this gets people more involved. And Arlo made a, made a video, and he made a really good point that he hopes that this brings up to Nintendo that people are interested in, uh, what do you call it, Pikmin. And that Pikmin 1 and 2 can be ported mm -hmm. over into Switch. Yeah. Because he made a good point saying that, like, oh, what if pe people like Pikmin now? Like, oh, I, I really want to get into it. How can I play the first game? Uh, get a GameCube. Yeah. So there's no backwards compatibility. You can't play Pikmin. Yeah. You can play Pikmin 3. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but you can't play any of the other Pikmin games. Yeah. Just Pikmin 3 on the Switch. That's weird. It is weird. Uh, so hopefully the success of this... Brings over Pikmin 1 and 2 at least, at mm -hmm. least, and uh, we can play Pikmin 1 on the Switch. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be freaking fantastic. Uh, so let's just move on to our number one gaming news, and it's another person, another industry veteran making their own studio. You know who that person is? Ooh. It's Ikumi Nakamura! Yay! Uh, if you don't remember her in her E3 performance... Uh, she was the remember her? Yeah, you know. Yes, I remember. Yeah, it could be Nakamura. Uh, she she was an ex Tango GameWorks employee, uh, formerly working as the director behind Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, recently, by recently, I mean we were still living in Long Island. Like this yeah, was, I, yeah, yeah. This was maybe October, September of 2019. So, uh. Yeah. Uh, you know, a year, a uh, year plus away, uh, mm -hmm. she left Tangle Game Works, and we were all speculating of what happened. Why? Why did mm -hmm. she leave? Uh, probably because of creative differences and all that. Uh, from a cutscenes documentary, a 17-minute video, uh, Ikumi Nakamura actually uh, revealed that she left Tangle Game Works because of health reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, she was kind of talking about how. Uh, the industry kind of broke her, how she saw people who are sleeping under their desks just to make games, how she couldn't find balance with work and life. And, you know, she was overstepping her bounds as a director, kind of stepping on people yeah. uh, because of this. Mm -hmm. And I want to read this quote right here from the article that's linked down below. And uh, this is a quote from Akumi. Uh, uh, my goodness. 
Ikumi. Yeah, I said it right. Mm-hmm. Ikumi, uh, who has this to say. I started wondering whether there was... Uh, sorry. I started wondering whether there wasn't a way for me to make games while feeling better. I took the decision to quit before it was too late. I was running away in a way. However, I believe that running away can be very positive. Rather than stacking things upon my, uh, oneself, I think that running away for something better is the healthier choice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she took that decision and she just ran. Yeah. That's it. And I can't blame her for that. Yeah. Sometimes in life, you just have to just pick up everything and get out there. Yeah. Like she said, before it is all too late. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this? No, I think that's great. I mean, we're always promoting, mm-hmm. you know, mental health and good health on our show. And yeah, that's exactly what she did. And I think that's awesome. And the best part about this is that she also revealed that she's starting her own studio. Woo-hoo. She's starting her own studio. And she in the documentary, she actually compared herself to Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she wants to use that kind of humor to bring into her own games. Mm-hmm. She wants to make games that are filled with dark humor, she said. Yeah. And she wants to bring in people of different cultures and countries, no matter the language barrier, just to bring in perspectives mm-hmm. and understand the whole world here. She wants to do things differently mm-hmm. than when she was doing things or it's doing things in, you know, the triple the A studios. Yeah. So or even the double A studios. Uh, and the only thing I have to say about this, this is probably the fifth piece of gaming news that someone's started their own studio. Yeah. We got Jade Raymond. We've mm-hmm. got uh, the voice actor behind Bayek. We've got uh, Yellow Card stu- uh, Yellow Card Games or Yellow Brick Games. Yellow Brick Games is now doing its own thing. We got Akumi. And what I'm trying to say is that, you know, with all of these studios happening, with all these indie studios, it just seems as if we're going to get this change in the gaming industry. It seems like we're going to get a complete reset that all these people are leaving their respective AAA studios, starting their own thing because they want to do things the right way, the passionate way. Mm-hmm. And that's going to translate into how games are made. You know, yeah. take a look at Kojima Productions and how uh, Death Stranding was received. Yeah. It, and, you know, that was a veteran that created his own studio and made something like Death Stranding. Yeah. I think this is nothing but positive. Uh, I'm so happy for Akumi. But uh, anything else for you? No. Yeah. I feel you. You feel me? Yeah. And uh, it's still March. It's still uh, Women's History Month. Yay. Yay. Akumi. Yay. Yay. She's part of it. Anyways. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. It's still March. Yep. Yeah. Uh, why don't we get into uh, with our final segment? What do you think? I agree. Cool. Let's just do it. So, uh, we want to bring on our special guest, Adnan Riaz, who has come onto the show before. He started his own show called Life After Strange, where he interviews uh, different directors, voice actors, uh, mocap artists, uh, a behind the Life is Strange series, and just to get their perspectives into it. And uh, he started a new show. Uh, it's a little show. Little tiny show with your boy uh called strange cast uh we just put out our pilot episode uh last monday so you know check last tuesday sorry last tuesday mm-hmm. so check that out if you haven't but you know let's just bring them all let's talk a little bit more about strange cast uh why, why don't we just do that with our final segment 
Alrighty, buddy, we are back with our very special guest, the the special host of Strange Cast and everything that's life is strange is Adnan Reyes. He's here. What's up, man? Thank you for having me back on. Really yeah. excited to be here. For sure, man. I, I definitely want to have guys. you. Oh, oh, we're we're tired all the yeah. time. <laughs> it's like nothing but tired. Um. Uh, but yeah, man, I definitely wanted to have you on for this particular subject because, of course, Life is Strange True Colors was just put out. And, uh, you know, this is probably, probably, <laughs> this is technically the fifth game if you count Captain Spirit. Yeah. If you count it, eh, sort of. It's the fourth and a half game, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're getting a lot of Life is Strange. We've got the comics. So I definitely mm -hmm. wanted to get Adnan in on the conversation. Uh, but again, you know, I said it here on the show, uh, me and Adnan are doing a show called Strange Cast. Uh, if you haven't seen the first episode, I'm going to link it right up here in this corner up there. Go ahead and click it. Watch the whole episode. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're here to talk about more Life is Strange. So before we get into it, let's just define the conversation. We're talking about serious fatigue here. We're talking about uh, being too sleepy to play any more games here. Uh, so let's ask everybody here on the table, starting with Adnan here, what is actually serious fatigue? What's serious overload? How does it actually happen? So, Adnan, I would love to get your take on it. What do you think? Talking about serious fatigue, we can just go to FIFA, Call of Duty, um, yeah. Assassin's Creed. Yep. Those are the games, like examples of uh, serious fatigue and kind of like just repetitive. It's like yearly, sometimes yearly installments, but like will kind of like change the established formula, nothing that kind of like separates it. Um, you know, that's what happened with Assassin's Creed. You saw that period where they took a break out with Unity and then kind of came back with a bit more of a lick of paint because that was a god-awful game, Unity, especially yeah. in the um, pre-bug era. But then obviously, like FIFA, every single year, the exact same game. I've, I've said this a million times to people. It's the exact same game skinned over. Yep. Call of Duty is a bit different now with the Warzone mode, but still, like, Call of Duty. So, like, Serious Fatigue is essentially... Mm -hmm in the same installment repeatedly without very little being changed and most of the times you can see that with those games as well so like that's my take on mm -hmm. it i agree um yeah. liz what are you thinking no i definitely agree i think serious fatigue is just like when you're just like all right mm -hmm. you you play because you're a fan but at the same time you're like play i have to play. like when you start thinking i have to play this in a yeah. negative tone instead of like oh, i have to play this but like oh yeah i have to play that yeah you know i think that's when it starts showing mm -hmm. so that's kind of like what i think it is yeah it's not even like i've had enough or it's the same kind yeah. of game it's just i i think it is more for for me personally mm -hmm. i don't i don't think it's objective i think what adnan is saying is the objective answer where it's just yeah. the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. but for me it's just ah i've had enough you know uh, for me, like right now, me and you are going through the Marvel, uh, the mm -hmm. MCU movies, right? And I stopped liking the MCU movies around Age of Ultron. We just passed Age of Ultron. We just watched it. And I'm having the same feeling again. It's yeah. just like, it's it's a different characters, you know? Yeah. But it's at Age of Ultron where I'm just like, I've had enough. I that yeah. that was that was enough for me. Uh so it it can feel kind of samey, you know, copy and paste, mm -hmm. but it's also there was just there's just enough content where you're just like I'm full, I've had enough. Yeah. Uh that's the way I I feel about the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah. 
I, I've loved Assassin's Creed since 2007. I would consider myself an ultra fan. But it was around around Unity, like you yeah. said. Around Unity, where I was just like, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I've, I'm set. And they're still making games. Didn't like Valhalla, but that's just me. Uh, but yeah, any other thoughts about that uh, from either of you? I think, no, so like, because you pulled it apart, I think like my my analysis was a bit simplistic in terms of that's like yeah. very specific to series and um, things. But if we're going to take what you've just said, mm. we can go into genre fatigue and that kind of affects series fatigue. It's like with mm. superhero mm. films. I'm so like with Hollywood, I'm like, it's a saturation MCU, dirt, 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 dirt. And you get the same yeah. films every single time. It might be a yeah. comic book movie, but you've seen it before. It's happened a million times. Same when you watch Spider-Man films like The, the Amazing Spider-Man and then Spider-Man with Tom McGuire in it. It's like, mm. what's really the difference of it? Right. So yeah. that's part of it. And I think in itself as well, genre fatigue goes into it because like now we have an oversaturation of uh, Battle Royale games on the on the market mm-hmm. so that's kind of like if you don't play mm-hmm. warzone you can go and play fortnite and then you kind of play this game and that game and pubg yeah. and it's that's where you get a bit more of a fatigue in that and then um yeah down to that as well even in gameplay as well you can even go if we're going to take assassin's creed for example mm-hmm. the ubisoft formula where they did it in watchtowers in far cry in yes. assassin's creed in like mm-hmm. some kind of like checkpoint thing in watchdogs it, there's there's it's very similar so you see kind of like just a reskin Mm-hmm. like world that you've already experienced and no disrespect to like developers or anything it's just kind of sure. like as a yeah. reskin of like a game and a series and it kind of like it has one successful formula so we'll just repeat it repeat it repeat it repeat mm-hmm. it until the point where we're like oh okay we've really kind of reacted wrong with the fans and it's like we're gonna have to change this up a little bit that's yeah. kind of to bounce off what your point was yeah it's yeah. funny we actually reported on that news piece that it was actually revealed this is a while ago mm-hmm. but it was revealed that there was Pretty much, um, simply put, that there was one creative director behind every single Ubisoft game, every single like Watch Dogs, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed, Far Cry. It was led by one person, one creative director, and that's why it felt so samey. Yeah. And uh, Yves Gamola was like, you know what? I don't think that's the right way to make games. Maybe we should have a different creative director in each different studio. Wow. And we just went like, that was what was happening. That makes so much sense yeah. now. <laughs> like, it's so samey. Yeah. Um, since doing that, it still feels samey, <laughs> but you know, good for them that they moved on from that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, f- serious fatigue, genre fatigue, it all just comes from oversaturation or mm-hmm. I'm just kind of done with it or copy and paste. That That's what we're talking about when we're yeah. talking about are we getting too much? Life is strange. And that's what I want to bring it back to uh, when we're going into this next question here. Mm -hmm. Now, Life is Strange, as as we all know, was supposed to be just a one-off game. You know, Don't Not was just going to make Life is Strange. Great game. I'm replaying the first one right now, and I'm starting to feel that vibe, too. Not that it was a bad game, but I I definitely feel like it was supposed to be that Mm -hmm. one-off. My question here is that why... Do we have multiple games of this? Why was this one-off game made into a franchise and has a fan base to it? What made Life is Strange different that it needed a franchise, a series? Mm-hmm. Uh, Adnan, what do you think? Yeah, so this is like a, a strange one. <laughs> no <Not> intended. Ah. <laughs> um, well, like obviously, I, I don't know off the top of my head if like you know Michelle or Raul or any of the kind of creative team on Don't Not have actually spoken about this mm. in terms of like where the series, whether it was meant to be more than one game, whether it wasn't, and the kind of their direction that they went with Life is Strange Two as an example of like mm-hmm. I don't think they had anything planned for Max and Chloe on this game. Like it's almost like yeah. the ending is so 
um, mm-hmm. you know, set in stone. They were kind of like, was like, right, let's move on from this. Um, but I think we've like, uh, as we've spoken about before, Adam, on um, Strange casting, like uh, we spoken when I came mm-hmm. on for Life After Strange. I think like with um, Life is Strange, they didn't expect it to be success. And yeah. when you get a sleeper hit success like this, and it's the same vein as The Last of Us as well, um, you're kind of like, right, we need to kind of make a sequel. Oh, there's kind of like, there's a way of the, mm-hmm. the ending is kind of like set up where it's like, oh, we've established a universe, we've got something going here. Mm-hmm. And rather than making an entirely new IP and make it, making True Colors a new IP, a new kind of like selling point, yeah. rather we can just be, here's a Life is Strange game mm-hmm. with the IP, with the brand, you kind of kind of get associated with it. And I think that's the kind of like selling point that they do with this stuff. Um, but yeah, I kind of forgot the question as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> trailer for I just completely gone. Basically, like what made this different that it became a franchise? Like what what made this? Like as you said, it was a sleeper hit. Yeah. What like what made it a hit? And if we're talking about marketing campaigns, you mm-hmm. know, I think I think it has to be Max and Chloe. It was that it was that it was that little town that you built. Mm-hmm. Um, they drew on so many different influences. Don't nod. You had Max and Chloe. You had loads of other characters. People connected with them, and then that's where you can see where the community is so divided. It's like I want another Max and Chloe game, but then it's like, yeah, Anna, you're not getting that at all. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, I kind of like, kind of want to talk about because you know with Final Fantasies, I don't know if you're huge if you're a fan of them or not. Like, yeah, they uh, anthologies in terms of very similar to Life is Strange, where it's mm-hmm. like you know separate entries in an established universe, and then in theirs they had the Lightning trilogy, which is kind of like it. it People didn't really like Final Fantasy Thirteen. I liked it. I didn't think it was the worst thing that people made it out to be. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that Max and Chloe needed that story where it was free, free games, and then you could kind of move out and move into a different kind of series mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think that's that's probably the better way of doing it. But yeah, yeah. I've, I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. Uh, no, that kind of reminds me of how a lot of people in the Assassin's Creed community uh, just are are emphatic with Ezio. Mm-hmm. Right, including myself, yeah. Ezio was the best character to ever come out of the uh, Assassin's Creed uh, series. Mm-hmm. But Ezio had a trilogy. Yeah, you know, it was Assassin's Creed One, and then Assassin's Creed Two was Ezio. Then he had Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and then Revelations. This was all Ezio, mm-hmm. and then we moved on to different characters from there. Yeah, but that's why we love Ezio because we had that time with him. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think it was Max and Chloe, but. Uh, Liz, what what are your thoughts? What made this a hit? What what do you think made it, you know, this franchise a thing and grow a fan base? What do you think about Life is Strange? I think what made it a hit, I definitely have to agree. I think it was Max and Chloe. Mm-hmm. It's the dynamic they have in the small town and all the other side characters too. Because mm-hmm. I personally had never seen a game with a real storyline, mm-hmm. like something that touched on like real emotions and real life yeah problems um like i said like when i was playing or when i was watching it be played for the first time i was like oh my gosh this is me and my best friend yeah Mm -hmm. and like i can see myself in the characters and just the level of emotion like that's like the biggest running joke with life is strange it's just the level of emotion (laughs) that this game brings out of you it's like oh what are you doing to me chugga chugga here comes the feel strain exactly (laughs) 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 but yeah so i think that is like the biggest thing is like people are playing this video game like oh this has like real emotions in it and it's dealing with very real things and it's it's just different like i like i said i had never seen a game like this now i wasn't very well versed in video games but it was just so it was a new concept and i just i think that's what really sold it was that it was just dealing with such real stuff while still having that sci-fi element yeah 
And I like what you pointed out there. It was uh, almost like a sci-fi game with feels and relatability. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what made it, you know, that big, in my personal opinion, I think it's because it touched on so many different life paths, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you could connect with literally everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I said this before on the podcast where I am a white cis male who is a Christian, right? And I still related to the characters yeah. that were in this. I, yeah. I related to the females. I, I related a lot to um, the POCs. I, I related to a lot to Kate's story. And, and for me to do that, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think spoke well to the writing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think spoke well to like that anybody can relate to this game. Yeah. Right. Um, now, now we talked about, you know, the business marketing side. We were talking about the very first Life is Strange and how that stemmed from it. Yeah. Before I get into social media answers, I want to get into, you know, fun, you know, <laughs> fun stuff. There's something fun about Life is Strange. It's not all sad emotions. I know. I I don't want to talk for this next question. Okay. I don't want to talk about the marketing or the objectiveness. Us three personally in our little tiny hearts that's inside of our chest area i wouldn't call hearts tiny oh mine is but uh i want to talk about why we personally are not tired of life is strange because okay so let's set this record straight is are any of us tired of life is strange yet no no adnan are you tired of it wasn't tired i was kind of um was in a very strange place with it no yeah. pun intended i was kind of like um it, it was it because of how polarizing one and two were yeah and before the storm i was kind of like in a place where because of how long it's been since we got two i was kind of sitting here thinking where does the series go from here yeah obviously with the news that we don't know that had opened montreal i was like is there a future for this series like they're having a comic book series going on so i was kind of like I wasn't fatigued. I wasn't bored. I was kind of just like waiting for the moment that really, really what, reignited my interest in it. Yeah. To see like what happens, like where are they going to go? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're, we all relate to this place too. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Life is Strange 2, like you said, was just so polarizing that, that we couldn't really tell. But now our hearts are reignited for mm-hmm. True Colors. I think we're all equally hyped for yeah. True Colors. So now I want to get into us personally, not business. No, 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 no. Uh, why are we not tired of this series just yet after seeing True Colors? And mm-hmm. uh, Adnan, well, again, I want to start with you. Why aren't you tired yet of the Life is Strange series? Like you personally, not business side. <laughs> I think because like for me, obviously I had this strong connection with this game since 2015 when it started coming out. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's still a young young franchise in terms of even six years still feels quite young because there's only been three entries plus you know captain spirit and even before storm was three episodes it wasn't a fully fledged like five episodes like the other games were um i think like i'm not bored of it yet because i want a that anthology kind of being set up where it's like you can have more than one developer working on it you can have um vision put into it like this is where like with true colors when you watch it it feels like deck nine's game now it doesn't feel like they're taking don't know characters um universe trying to tell a story in between it then finding like you know the crossing paths in like really weird places with fans it's like now we kind of like go from here to here here and you had a little bit of don't know they don't have that privilege of like having life is strange one life is strange two two different mm-hmm. sets of um characters um universe kind of like you know shared universe different characters different mm-hmm. story different kind of like mm-hmm. um direction going with it now like i kind of feel like we've 
deck nine it's like that full kind of experience where it's like oh yeah you can go in your own direction now here's here's freedom you kind of showed yourself it before storms could do that have freedom go up there and then also like we talked about we're going to market but they sold it as a next gen yeah the strange game mm-hmm. in next gen performance direct web is now performance de- director from before the storm on true colors and he's gone into that role because it's so important because they're putting the emphasis on full body motion capture you know kind of like capturing people's faces they're kind of going mm-hmm. in the direction where quantic dream went years and years ago with heavy rain like you you are playing an interactive drama yeah and yet you have all this kind of realism with the characters and realism i'll say that <laughs> because i know how people feel about david cage but i love david cage oh yeah true yeah mm-hmm. yeah um are, are you talking about like the um the accusations behind david cage or just like the games that he makes <laughs> <laughs> um no about the games he makes actually because it's like yeah. people always rip on heavy rain because it's like you know you can kiss you have like interactive kiss scenes and the kind of like oh, cheesy yeah. dialogue and that. Yeah. i think like david cage doesn't get a bad rep because like detroit become human is a fantastic game heavy rain oh. is a fantastic game mm-hmm. beyond's a bit underrated for me as well mm-hmm. so i feel like what i've played in the new wave of quantum dream games i really like so i feel like um people give them a bit of a bad rep <laughs> they really do i mean you yeah. love to uh, i love them yeah you love every single david cage game i i i don't like the accusations I don't know if the accusations came true yet, so that's why I'm saying accusations. Not came true, proven. <laughs> came true. It's not like a, a wish upon a star. It's just awful. Um, David Cage uh, allegedly is a horrible person. There but you go. Yeah, so uh, that that's why Adnan isn't tired. But Liz, why aren't you tired of Life is Strange series? Um, I definitely want to go off what Adnan said, where yeah. it's like, it's a different story every time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of why it's we're not tired of it yet because yeah. outside of Before the Storm, mm-hmm. it's a different story in every one. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like we're playing the same game with the same characters in the same town. Yes. It's the same world. But yeah. They don't interact too much. Mm-hmm. And even when they do, it's like more of like, oh hey. I know that person. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, let's dive deep into the story with that person. It's like, oh, I recognize them. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's like, oh, we all like, it's like, it's just a different story with a different, like, it's, it's all, it's like different. It's almost like playing a different game, mm-hmm. but you know how to play it already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of it. And personally, for me, we're technically only on the third one. Yeah. So it's not quite where it's like fourth one before the storm okay before the storm is not huh. technically no well technically true it's colors not part of the story technically true colors isn't either what it's not technically life is strange three because it's a it's a it's a like we discussed it because you didn't listen to strange cast you can watch it over oh i, I already linked it um because it's technically sort of still a spin-off sort of kind of but it's not technically life is strange three because uh, it's it's. But the- that's what they were See, calling it. Yeah. I interject here. This is what I don't like about the series. It's like yeah. be upfront with it. Is it yeah. Life is Strange free? Is it not Life is Strange? It's yeah. like it kind of puts it in a weird place. Like it's kind like, of like a no comment uh, at this I've point. Used this, yeah. Because I've used this example before. You know, you have The Walking Dead season one, season yes. two, um, a new frontier, and then um, you know the final season. You've had Michonne in there as well, so you have a spinoff. So you kind of have a bit more direction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that this is kind of going with obviously. Deck Nine seems to take more of the helm on it. I wish they would have just called it Life is Strange Free. Yeah. Um, or, or if they're going off this, or if they're going for this in the future, I hope they just drop this, the numbers because I think the numbers become Same. a bit too much. I think you can only get away with it unless it's yeah. Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy is an established, well yeah. um, mm-hmm. celebrated, well revered kind of franchise. So only some games really get away with it. Um, 
you see it in other mediums to kind of drop things like eventually if you go like try and find out which friday the 13th films in order like try and ra- know which one how they go they're all over the place yeah mm-hmm. and then eventually like you, you're helpful with numbers on that place but like yeah with this i'm kind of like hoping that when once we have true clothes comes out it's all done and then they announce next life is strange i hope they kind of give it a clear yeah. direction of are we going numbers are we not going numbers are we going with yeah. subtitles are we are we yeah. not going with subtitles i would prefer subtitles I, you know yeah. yeah, so I can understand why Liz is why, why you both are a bit like, is it Life is Strange three? Is it yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. I thought it was Life is Strange three. Everybody so. does, but so it's like kind of like yeah, yeah. Maybe. I want some direction on that one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's just we haven't had a ton of like full episode episodic content. Like I know Before Storm was mm-hmm. some, but and mm-hmm. that was still part of the first story. Right. You yeah. Know, it mm-hmm. built off of what they had already established in that one. It was mm-hmm. basically to get us through. Mm-hmm. to the next one i pretty much yeah whereas this new one is a whole new story a whole new person a whole new power so that's yeah. why i'm considering it the third one okay fair <laughs> for yeah. now until they correct me okay yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah so i i, I just think that's why because it's still newer like yeah we it takes a while to get one out mm-hmm. but that's the thing it takes so long that it's like still like oh i'm excited because i haven't heard from them in so long and i now i'm happy we have one again yes but I do think at one point we're going to be like, all right, are we ever going to find out how they got these powers? Like, yeah. where is this story going? Are we just going to keep adding powers? Yeah. Like, Instead of kind of like speculation, yeah. it's more explanation than speculation. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that would be cool if they turned it in at one point and we figured it out. Or yeah. one game where you're like, they all meet. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious of w- if there's a plan of where they're going with this. Yeah. You know, because I think because kind of going back to the first question, because I didn't get to like do a second thought okay yeah um so i think kind of what you guys were explaining was like almost a series being tired yes whereas i think i was doing like us being tired with a series mm-hmm. so it's like kind of like and those can be two different things right. when a series is tired it's like you guys are copying pasting mm-hmm. the same thing every time when it's like the players are tired it's like i'm done mm-hmm. being excited for this game even though yeah. it's new it's like i'm ti- i'm done like I, I need to work on something else. Yeah, exactly. Almost. Like, so I think that's why I'm not tired yet because I just, you know, we're it's just still new almost. Yeah. It's also like the only game I play. So fair. <laughs> yeah, and um the reason why I'm personally not tired of the Life is Strange series, it's really because of a new perspective every single time, you know, and I'm excited to have that. And it's real life perspectives, you know, uh, like the first Life is Strange game, you know, you get uh, just a, a teenage girl's perspective on life and mm-hmm. Kate's perspective on life. Uh, you get Warren's perspective and uh, Nate's perspective. You, know, mm-hmm. you get these different kind of perspectives L- going to Life is Strange 2. You know, you get the uh, perspective of a Mexican-American boy, you know, who is Mm -hmm. American, but people don't treat him like that. And you get really involved in that story and you get to see it partially firsthand of -hmm. what it's like living, you know, as, you know, a Mexican-American, American, Mm -hmm. you know, this is your country, but people Mm -hmm. don't treat it like that. And I'm excited for True Colors uh, playing as an Asian-American female just to get that perspective as well. Yeah. These are real life situations that happen in our own world mm-hmm. rather than, you know, Final Fantasy that's 
uh, it, it can be relatable, but it's, it's, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not that relatable. But yeah. life is strange. Bring that brings that perspective in that mm-hmm. I can learn from it. Yeah, I I learned from Tell Me Why even, which is yeah. another uh, don't not series. So uh, I'm excited for the perspectives of it all. So uh, before we go into social media answers, um. Well, uh, Liz is going to change the camera, but I was going to say, like, do we have any other thoughts before we go forward into social media answers? I'm good. You're good. Um, yeah, I think like I think like what you said with the characters and the universe, like each each place is in its own play, um, area in terms of is Haven in um, Colorado. Yeah, Haven in Colorado. The new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have Haven in Colorado. You have, um, you know, the boys um, in Life is Strange 2 going across just America in general, like, you know, Seattle, all the way down to Porto Lobos. Then you have arcadia bay which is in oregon kind of like they the, the set mm-hmm. they establish their own kind of like world in inside the world that we actually live in now so that's where you relate to people it's like the conversation we had from the beginning each character mm-hmm. is so relatable they have kind of like the personal touch you you think that nathan prescott is is the biggest douche on the planet but then you kind yeah. of sympathize with him a little bit because he's being manipulated his dad's giving him so much pressure he's not just a silver spoon kid that you fought mm-hmm. even with victoria chase even when you like knock that paint onto her it's like then you feel a bit bad it, it puts empathy it puts feeling and choices and this is hard with a game which is illusion of choice pretty much throughout most of it as well until like almost towards the end of the game like the first one Mm. like a lot of it will take you in one direction that's how episodic gaming has to work because nope Nope. choice and consequence like Mm. actions um unless you want to kill a planet uh kill a planet planet sorry they do in the first game yeah um (laughs) i did that my first playthrough i killed my planet i was like i was so upset i was so upset but oh yeah. (laughs) yeah i feel like they they basically just give you um really good kind of like perspective of like here's this character here's this character here's this character Mm -hmm. you can relate to them yeah Mm -hmm. no i agree um and that's why we're not you know still yet you know tired of life is strange but you know the question comes up are we getting tired of it you know is the public because you know me and adnan are we're doing a life strange podcast so Mm -hmm. of course we're not tired of it Liz, it's the one uh, game that you play, so uh, of course you're yeah. not tired of it. I'm pretty sure Adnan is frozen. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, I uh, hopefully he'll come back. But uh, a- a- as we're waiting for Adnan to come back, hold on. Uh, let's just let's just see what we can do here. Uh, let's just give him another little call. Uh, but yeah, so why don't you read the first social media answer? So the first social media answer comes from my Ketty, and this is from the question. Um, never mind, I can't see the question, and I don't know how to work this. So I'm just going to say her answer. So my Ketty says, nah, life is strange is an entire universe. You can have many stories going on simultaneously if they are well made and told. The problem is, if these stories are overused, see before the storm and the inconsistencies with the first game Mm -hmm. i agree with that one yeah um if each game is a separate story with cameos and callbacks to other installments of the series it could work totally fine for a long time which is basically what i just said yeah you know it's like because they're so different Mm -hmm. they just have little callbacks it's perfect yeah uh i think we're gonna take a short break here while we get added back so uh listen editing uh stay tuned all right, we're back with uh, Adnan. Uh, we're having technological issues, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, when, when you have internet connections that are going underwater across a pond, you know, it, it, you know, it, yeah. it tends to, the, the mutters. Just mud- a pond. Yeah, just a pond. Uh, so, yeah, we read Mike Ketty's answer. And, you know, like, like she said, is that 
as long as it's callbacks and as long as it's different stories and it's mm-hmm. not overused, you know, that's the perspective that we have, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, it can work for a very long time. So, uh, Liz, what are your thoughts on this? Um, like I said, it's very similar to what I just said for mm-hmm. my reason, um, mm-hmm. because it's it's different stories every time with mm-hmm. little callbacks. So it's like to remind you, like we're in a series and look, there's that person that we already know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's a different story every time. So I yeah. think that's why it's easier to not get tired of the series. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Adnan, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. They, that's what I mean. They've handled it better in that sense. Cause like, before the storm just felt strange, felt out of place because it wasn't don't not establishing it. They went in a completely different direction. Then you start seeing inconsistencies with like Rachel and Chloe's relationship in terms of the grander picture of how the first Life is Strange starts playing out and other little inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I liked with Life is Strange too when they took that kind of like leap and it was like let's go with the Diaz brothers. And then I think you see is it RKB's destruction in the first episode you see in Life is Strange too. Yes, it's uh, the first episode you with Brody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can kind of see, and it's like that's like that's the great nod where it's like, oh yeah, that's perfect. I, I like that kind of like we're we're still retaining that kind of like you know this is the same universe. Mm-hmm. Characters can overlap, settings can overlap, um, and you see that as well with Dave Madsen coming in. They give him probably the best story arc in the entire series so far because like he has the story from prequel to main mm-hmm. game to redemption story in this in the actual sequel. So I love that they established that, and then even if you want to go beyond that as well, even the comic series Emma Vicelli is doing that as well. Like you see where they're up to in the series art they kind of like had Brody appear um in that series and you know this is max and chloe and rachel in that story but you have Brody appear you had victoria chase appear i haven't read all of them yet i need to catch up with it but like yeah i saw those kind of like little nods she was doing where she was like bringing in other characters it's like oh yeah here we go we can be a bit more excitement and that's what i want to see with life is strange because we've seen um you know steph come back from this one katie events still hurts man still mm-hmm. hurts um but like you know you had steph come back so i'm kind of expecting that with true colors i'm expecting those, some of those other characters to come back i'd like to see mm-hmm. like brody come in into the fold at some point like even if he's wandering through the town of haven springs he, he seems to be that character where he's a traveler mm-hmm. um and same with like even if you bring in those other, other characters i feel like that's what they're doing right now they need to kind of keep down that line mm-hmm. yeah i, I yeah. definitely agree to that i i, I hope there's just tiny little callbacks just to yeah. you know, get our like foot in that this is the same universe yeah but if it's the same characters every single time if it's overused yeah. kind of cameos it can get a little bit tiresome mm-hmm. is what we're trying to say uh we also have an answer on discord from at commander nikki wow commander nikki uh who has to say uh she says too much life is strange i didn't know that was possible <laughs> Uh, like if you ask me, it can get as many installments as Assassin's Creed or Far Cry, Pokemon, you name it. Sure, I'm a big advocate of ending good shows and game series earlier than later and having it eventually then having it turn bad or different from the original. Someday I'll probably say, okay, I've had enough Life is Strange for me, mm-hmm. but I haven't gotten enough of that. Uh, as 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 well as the other three examples, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, she hasn't mm-hmm. gotten enough of that, or Pokemon. Uh, so who knows when I'll say enough for Life is Strange. For now, it's never too much. Uh, she also says, I don't read the comic because I have my thoughts on that topic. Uh, if people enjoy it, good for them. But I really don't care about the comic, even if it is canon, mm-hmm. uh, she says. So, you know, and that's the thing about the with the comic series is that, uh, you know, it's there for you if you want it. You know, yeah. it's not forced upon you yeah you it's don't just, have to acknowledge it yeah and it's just there for your enjoy, enjoyment or not mm-hmm. enjoyment uh and i think she's right that like 
also with getting too tired of it. Yeah. It really comes down to perspectives. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm kind of tired of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. She's nuts. Yeah. I We're not tired of uh, Life is Strange, but someone else might be, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it all has to do with perspective rather than the objective answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, what do you think about this? Right. So with the comic series, just to quickly establish, they yeah. do emphasize that it's just one possible outcome so it's not mm-hmm. canon in the official yeah. sense where it's like yeah it's the definitive answer they specifically say this as well because it's like it's not canon it, it, it is a canon story but in one hypothetical sense so they're kind of like keeping it loose in that sense because i don't think they wanted to go down that road where it's like this is the definitive story of how max mm-hmm. and chloe's story continues to unfold so that's that's that out of the way mm-hmm. um it's hard because like i think when we when we, we simplified series fatigue earlier on and when you talk about what people want and what they don't want, it's so hard when you look at how many game franchises out there. I always told you like, I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, Adam. And yeah. like, you know, Kojima released the first game in 87 with Metal Gear and then it ended in 2015 with MGS5. And they were all 10 out of 10s for the main entry, main entry games like MGS1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They were all 10 out of 10s for me. They were well built. They kept changing the formula. I didn't ever feel fatigued with the series. It was a fantastic way it was told. So like, it's hard to say like, oh yeah, it's too many years coming out. It's too many of this, too many of that. And I think it's just dependent on your, once you've established your franchise and like Life is Strange is now a franchise because there's so many entries in it, you kind of need to sit back for a minute and be like, what works? What doesn't work? What appeals to us people? What doesn't appeal to people? Can we evolve it? If they'd literally revealed True Colors and it was the exact same as Life is Strange 2, yes. five episodes separated mm-hmm. across months and months, <laughs> and it had like been outdated, like and in the Telltale style, it'd have been like, hang on a minute, you've not actually done anything here. It's like, what, mm-hmm. what are we going to do here? And yeah. it's like, we got a DLC announcement where it's like, here's a Steph episode, but we also have five chapters in a game. We're keeping the episodic format exoskeleton, but we're going to, you know, it's kind of like modernize yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Add a bit of flavor to it, add a lick of paint. That's what, that's what, as I said to you, like, I wasn't even like sold on just like, the, I love the characters. I love the, the setting, the music. It was the kind of idea that they've basically refreshed the entire series. It's like, we're coming to next, we're coming to current gen. Well, and last gen as well, but we're coming to, to gen, uh, new gen a new life is strange game it's been a couple of years since you've seen the last one we've improved everything and we kind of want you to be excited for it and that's what the kind of vibe i got with it so mm-hmm. um i hope that answers that question no yeah it yeah. definitely does and, and like you said it's more just experimental they're actually trying to change its format a little yeah. bit they're instead of saying uh i don't know episodes uh, within months and months it's all mm-hmm. compacted all into one which i'm so happy about yeah, you know, some people are, some people aren't, but at the same time, they're they're doing something different every single time, mm-hmm. which is why we're not tired of it yet. Yeah, uh, you know, much like you know, Assassin's Creed, even uh, they went to RPG realms, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it did something different. Uh, Pokemon, of course, something different. They have a yeah. whole new set of Pokemon every single time, mm-hmm. so it's not the same Pokemon with, that we got in the '90s. You know, it's yeah, it's all different sets every mm-hmm. single generation so that's that's great for you know keeping fresh with the series mm-hmm. uh liz do you have any other thoughts on this no i mean i mean i think both of you as well as nikki kind of covered mm-hmm. everything yeah. um on that like on that area where it's like you know it it all depends on on who you are and each person is different where in in when they'll get tired of something yeah. someone who I don't want to say doesn't have like much emotional mm-hmm. range, I yeah. guess probably wouldn't connect with this game for that long. Like they right. might, might be interested in the story, but they might just be like, nah, or someone who like doesn't really care for the sci-fi element. They could be like, 
Meh. Mm-hmm. Even though like that's most video games. So I don't know why you're playing video games. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but it's like, you know, there might be just someone who's like only so-so with Life is Strange and they're not as excited to continue playing it forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Whereas us, we're like, we're like number one every time yes. it comes out. It's like, of course, we're not tired of it yet. Mm-hmm. So, And we have one final answer. Uh, it's from Tufer on Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tufer has to say, well, it's not even on Switch yet, so probably not enough. So yeah. uh, he's not he's not ready to give up because, you know, he doesn't even have Life is Strange on the Switch. So oh, my gosh. I would not stop playing if it was on Switch. I know. What we're talking about, are we getting, uh, are we getting too much Life is Strange? Well, I mean, we haven't even gotten it on Switch, so how yeah. can we say too much? Maybe just yeah. a little bit more and just, you know, kind of bleeds into the Switch. Yeah. Um, Adnan, me and you kind of debated, not debated, but we kind of, um, said our piece on Strangecast of why it's not on the Switch. It just, it just needs to be there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Buffling. yeah, it's just a whole mm-hmm. new audience that can experience this game and yet it's not there. So, uh, Adnan, what do you think about this? I know you got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is the thing with it. Like. Obviously, with Strangecast, people pointed out with like where we were standing on the remastered edition. When I said that it wasn't coming to current gen, I think people kind of misconstrued what I said because like you can still play Life is Strange remastered on current gen. Right. Um, I'll probably preface this in our Strangecast episode anyway, but like you can play it on current gen, but it wasn't like they didn't announce it specifically for PlayStation 5 with the enhancements, a bit more of a visual enhancement for what the console right. can do. So that's my issue with it. And it's the same with True Colors when you like see it. And it's like, oh, it's going mm-hmm. to PS5, Xbox, Series X. But then it's like, it's on last gen as well, which is kind of annoying because then you're not fully fledging a, yeah, you know, a, a full-fledged Life is Strange game on the current gen consoles. And I know I've kind of like broken into this. It's not selfish about saying you want it on a certain console mm-hmm. and other people don't own that console. It's about, that's what happens to generation consoles. They didn't do this with PS4, PS3, PS3 is lifecycle. That kind of like really disappeared into the background because developers started making games for the new consoles. Um, but with like that... You kind of put out, right, cool. And then it's like, it's not on Switch. And then the remastered collection is not on Switch. And it's like, what? It's like, how, mm-hmm. how, how, how? Like, that's my problem with it. I was mm-hmm. like, that was the biggest. When I watched it, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, Stadia, Xbox, PlayStation, no Switch. Where's Switch? Switch, Switch. Like, this game yeah. is built for Switch. It's handheld, like portable to take it around. I played iOS versions of this game, like, of the first Life is Strange. It's built for handheld, like, to kind mm-hmm. of take around with you. So yeah, you're not even touching an entire Nintendo audience. And Nintendo is so first party driven and it's worked so well for them and they deserve all the success that they get with the games because it's unbelievable. But yeah, like they, they kind of need to look down those roads of like giving it to a new audience, getting out to more platforms. Square Enix is a third party publisher anyway. They're going to get the games on every console they can possibly can. So it's like, why is this game not coming out on Switch? So get it mm-hmm. out on there. More, yeah. It seems more realistic to kind of like switch out, get it out onto Switch. Yeah. I mean, even some Final Fantasy games are on Switch. Yeah. And it, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, Octopath Traveler was a Switch exclusive for a while. It, it's just so odd that this game, this game series in particular, is not on Switch yet. It's just so baffling to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so weird. There must, there must be... There must... There must be like some game development issues or something to work with like Switch. Because I was having a conversation with my friend about like Metal Gear Solid 4 recently. And obviously that's mm. only on the PS3 console. Like it's never been released on any other console. Um, and like there's like mm. issues about I think like porting it onto like a new console because it was so it was so specifically built for PS3. And PS3 was like had a really troubled issues with like people developing games for it. Like it's stuck on that console now. Yeah. And I feel like 
with like a lot of the other news that's been happening recently, I've done a few follow the PlayStation Store news as well, like they're closing those down apparently on PS3 and PS Vita and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, these games are made digital as well. Like, I feel like you should get it on Switch, get it out on as many consoles as you can, mm-hmm. get people experiencing it. Life is Strange is one of the games that as soon as you, as soon as you sell it to someone, it's, it's, as you said, different stories, different characters. You can yeah. mm-hmm. you can pick up the series at any point and play it. Even if like you don't get the reference of like, you know, a certain character coming back, sure. you'll kind mm-hmm. of want to play that then go back and play the other games you're like hang on a minute my interest is kind of like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. being peaked at this point let's go back and see what happens to the other games so yeah i have a lot of issues with this and we had like a 40 minute <laughs> conversation <laughs> on strange cast about how much i i dislike the fact that it's not on switch yeah yeah it's it's just baffling to me but especially I, since they remastered it and yeah. it's like you remastered it and everything and you still won't put it on switch it's like this was your perfect opportunity to, to, to at least that. get the first one on the switch yeah totally so stupid it is stupid but uh, I think it's a perfect time to just jump into uh, closing thoughts here. So uh, we we talked uh, we talked a lot about you know the anthology helping it out and mm-hmm. you know the fan base coming together and uh, really that we're we're not getting too much Life is Strange because it's different enough, mm-hmm. right? That we can play it at any point and it yeah. feels like a whole new game. So Liz and I will share our closing thoughts, and we'll have the um, the uh, the final closing thoughts here. But uh, the way I think about it with my closing thoughts is that uh, Life is Strange is reliant on being relatable mm-hmm. and current with the times it's in. It's current with the times it's in with uh, with the way people think, mm-hmm. especially with uh, 2018. Uh, yeah. When Life is Strange 2 came out, that was a lot about police brutality. Mm-hmm. We got that from 2016 into 2017 into 2018. Police brutality and uh, racism was mm-hmm. on the rise. And that's where tw- um, the 2018 Life is Strange 2 really kicked into yeah. gear. Uh, same thing with Life is Strange True Colors. We're having a lack of empathy here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're having a lack of empathy for other people. And uh, the situation with the coronavirus, so we're lacking mm-hmm. empathy and and of course, True Colors was made before yeah. the pandemic, but it still relates. In 2017, we're rec- lacking empathy, yeah. and that's the power that we're going in. It's reliant on being reliable and uh, relatable to the times that we're in. Yeah, and that's why we're not tired of it. Yeah. Uh, Liz, what are your closing thoughts on this? Um, I definitely agree with you. Where the relatability for each year it comes out mm-hmm. is like so major because it kind of helps you like open your eyes to like what's going on around you and helps kind of shift your perspective Mm -hmm. in like a good direction. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree with that. And again, I mean, it's life is strange. It's a different, and again, it's a different story every time. And I really do think that's what helps it not get old and tired. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's life is strange. I can't, <laughs> I can't get tired of it. Like I'm, I'm like Nikki, where it's like, as of right now, I don't see me getting tired of it, and I could keep going forever, forever and ever, forever and ever. I'm can't in. stop, won't stop. <laughs> life is strange, forever, forever, forever. Uh, Adam, what are your closing thoughts? I agree with you both, and I think like for me, when True Close comes out, I can kind of like take a moment to look back at the series and where it's at, and that's kind of like because there'll be that many entries in the series, you can kind of see where it's going forward. And I think like with art, I kind of want to see a bit more of a roadmap from like Square Enix, where it's like, is it just Deck Nine developing games? Are you going to rotate it like with Activision did with Call of Duty, where it was um, Sledgehammer games and Treyarch making it, or like, you know, Activision kind of have like a bit more of a structure in place. 
and then have a release because we, we talked about like we don't know if don't is involved with this we don't know if don't is ever going to get involved with this again mm-hmm. not that they've completely parted ways it's just the publisher developer dynamic that they have with it but i kind of want to see where the structure is um you know who's going to kind of helm the series is it going to be one studio is it two studios mm. um and it, it'll just put more perspective on the series so like i said it's still young because it's like six years it's been mm-hmm. and even then as well six years we've had a remaster of the first game and mm-hmm. most of the time you think hang on a minute like that the game six years ago should get remastered that easily and well yeah. to be honest most games are getting remastered anyway like after two years now but sure. it's like it puts you into a bit more perspective it's like right we kind of have a bit more have a bit more um a direction in the story because that's what i felt mm-hmm. with when life is strange 2 came out because it's like who's going next is it deck nine is it going to be donut again mm-hmm. who's going to helm the series what direction are we going to take mm-hmm. um and as, as you said as well like it's going to be very relatable like you know certain themes always hit home like the second one was really hard hitting because of like where mm-hmm. it was placed it was in the trump era it was just like mm-hmm. they, they didn't they didn't shy away from what they were talking about they were very, oh yeah they were very politically spoken with the entire story dynamic and if you're kind of going to go down that road you have to fully commit with it there's no point like you know dilly-dallying around like oh yeah here's a wall we're not trying to like talk about trump but you know there is a wall in this game it's like we're going to be like yeah Yeah. there's a wall here it's a representation of all the problems that are happening in the game right in the world people can relate Mm -hmm. to it and that's i kind of want to see with um this game as well true colors i want it to touch on something that hits home with mental health whether it's about you know loss or like you know as you said empathy the powerless empathy as well kind of like draw something that makes it that puts it in the life is strange series and kind of feels at home with the other ones because like as you said like the first game touches on this one the second one touches on this one then the third one touches on it and gives you a direction of like each game will focus on a certain theme mm-hmm. it'll uh, give the series kind of like a, a nice roadmap going forward mm-hmm. yeah i definitely agree you know yeah. and uh yeah i think we can end, end the episode here yeah. I, I think asking the question are we getting too much life is strange i think the answer is not yet. Yeah. If you you're know, a fan, then not yet. Not yet. Uh, maybe someday, but as of currently speaking, not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but as long as they're on the same roadmap here, uh, as long as they're giving different anthology stories, mm-hmm. not yet. Yeah. So uh, before we end the show, we're going to give one last uh, little little thing for Adnan. It's it's a, it's the red carpet. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Adnan, where can we find you? What, what's your YouTube channel called? What's your social security number? You don't have social security because you're in the UK. Um, uh, where can we find you? Go. You can find me at Player One versus the World, and it's basically a lot of Life is Strange videos. There's a Life After Strange series, which I've talked about on here. There's also Strangecast, which is a new podcast I co-host with Adam. Um, it's very exciting. It's going to be cool and all the other stuff. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Player One versus the World. That's where most of my video content will be. Other thoughts on this series, everything else. So yeah, please do check it out. Thank you for the plug. And I will be linking all of the shows. You know, I will be linking his YouTube channel, his Twitter account, so you can go follow him there. Uh, in the description down below. Uh, Adnan, thanks again. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, it's it, it's so great that internet exists. We're in 2021, and internet has not fixed itself. Thanks. Nope. Thanks, um, whoever's controlling internet, Bill Gates. Uh, <laughs> uh, and thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, man. And uh, Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here again. And uh, we'll be recording the second episode of Strangecast uh, very soon. So be on the lookout for that one. And until next time, 
You can always find us on the social media pages uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter at Gaming Groceries or on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. Uh, check us out over there. Uh, join the Discord. The Discord link is in the description down below. Chat with us over there. And with all that said and done, thanks for tuning in. We hope to find you in the next one. Stay gaming, stay striving, stay driven. Have a good one. Bye.